Painted Arrow podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Painted Arrow podcast. Again, we have the OGs here. Oh yeah. Devin Cole, myself, and we're uh, we're knock knock knocking on Christmas's door here, right around the corner. And uh, I've been I've been kind of paying attention to weather. Got a nor'easter coming in. <laughs> yeah, you talking about east wind? I'm talking. Well, I'm just talking about this snowstorm that people are saying is going to hit at the end of the week here. Oh, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Call, I didn't know that. Calling, calling for five to six inches of snow. When I was saying I was paying attention to the weather, I'm talking about like the right here and now. Yeah. And all I was going to say is it's really interesting. <laughs> so like living in Michigan, usually there's a western western prevailing wind. So if you think about Chicago, there's there's Chicago sitting there in Illinois all proud and beautiful. And then there's the lake, right? And then we're on the other side of that lake. So typically... If you, if you don't understand, like, Midwest weather patterns, like, around, like, Michigan, around, you know, uh, Erie, around all the Great Lakes, you get these funky weather patterns, and, like, we get a lot of snow. Yeah, lake effect. Lake effect snow, they call it. But typically on the western side, so, like, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, and Illinois, and even down into Iowa, like, they get, like, really cold, like, weather. You've heard this? Mm-hmm. So like right now, I just saw I saw something online, but um, it's like negative five over in Iowa right now. Wind with with wind chill? I'm not sure. Okay, but that's really cold. Yeah, they put deer on their feet. Yeah, I mean, right now it's 27 degrees, and the same day, in a different location, not too far away, mm-hmm. not not like any further south necessarily. I'm sorry. It is further south on the parallel. They are further south. <clears throat> yeah. And it's colder there. So it's kind of interesting. It is. Um, so I, I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, as we're kind of winding down the season, people are still obviously out hunting. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys are looking forward to the cold weather. The cold weather because it puts deer in a vulnerable and very predictable pattern. And that just was on my heart there. So. So here's what we're gonna talk about, okay? Mm-hmm. This is gonna be this is gonna be a very poignant podcast. What we're gonna do is we're gonna discuss. Devin and I are both gonna discuss a transaction, an, an interaction that we had with a white-tailed deer this year, and it can be you know that interaction, that encounter. It could be with a doe. Mm-hmm. It could be with a button buck. It could be with a fawn. It could be with it could be whatever, but I want you to break down, and I'm going to do the same. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the floor first. Yeah. Um, I want you to break down one encounter that just really stood out, and it could be that you learned something from it. It could be that it resulted in the biggest deer that you've you know seen. It could be it resulted in a kill. It could be whatever, but I want you to break down that encounter. I want you to tell me what the – everything, weather, yeah. Yeah. wind, you know, why it happened, why you think it could have went differently, and just tell me something that you took away from it and why it stood out so much. Yeah. Uh, mine's a missed opportunity at a really good deer. But I'll kind of set the stage. So this was the evening PM hunt on November 3rd. There was a deer that I've probably talked about him on here a handful of times, but I called him pretty boy, big, clean, beautiful eight point. I, uh, I think him three, I think he's three. Mm -hmm. I'd guess him three, maybe older, but I think he's three. Anyway, really good deer, big deer. And I had, uh, I'd been kind of watching the weather and you and I talked a lot about it on here but we were being very choosy about the days we were hunting even into late october we were just kind of waiting on a cold front and we kind of had a a weather shift and some cold weather coming in and 
I remember I was at work and I called you and I'm like, dude, I've had three shooters this morning walk by my camera in in, in a very specific location on my property back kind of by this right, right along the creek line. And I'm like, I think there's a hot doe in there. And, uh, so I, I, I made arrangements to, to get out of work in time to get in there. And it was odd because when I got in, I, I walked in pretty early and I had really good wind cover. Mm-hmm. So I slowly crept through what's typically really swampy at this time of the year, but we had a, a dry year. And so in no, into November, it was still dry enough that I could walk to this location, even in ankle boots. I didn't need, you know, knee boots or anything. So I'm, I'm in just my normal hunting boots and I'm just slowly working my way through this sawgrass through what's typically a wet bottom, but it's not. And I'm just working, working through and I, I'm using the wind to my advantage, playing the gusts and just, you know, cover a little bit of ground and then I'll stop, cover a little bit of ground and stop. And the reason I'm doing that is because the camera earlier told me, I think there's a hot doe somewhere in the area. And so I'm creeping and I'm creeping and I get within 30 yards of a deer and didn't realize she was there probably 40 yards and she stands up out of a bed and she she doesn't find me with her eyes but she can just hear me she can just hear me walking and i i crouched down behind a tree and she she works off away and there wasn't a buck with her and then i see a flash of a tail way over to the other side which looked kind of like chasing and i'm like man and at this point i'm looking at my watch and it's getting kind of late <clears throat> not late but I, I wished i was already in the stand so i'm like i need to get in and so I just kind of still still being observant, but started covering a little more ground a little quicker, trying to get to the stand. So I get in, get into the stand, and um, <clears throat> and I decide I'm just gonna kind of wait for a while before I do any calling. But um, in my mind, I'm thinking we're in that phase or starting to get to that point in the season where they're gonna be pretty receptive to calling. And so I, I don't typically do a ton of blind calling. I'll call to a deer, but I don't typically just start ripping sequences to see if there's anything in the area. So I, I'm just going to wait a little while. And uh, I'm probably in for 10 minutes before I look over to my left and across the creek and out in a field, I see the neighbor. I see the neighbor walking to the hedgerow. Basically, my property meets the creek on my side and his property meets the creek on his side. So where he was headed to hunt, we would have been sitting right by each other. And uh, long story short, he gets to the ed- edge of the wood line and he sees me in my stand. I'm pretty good way away. I mean, uh, probably 100 yards from where he's standing or more. Maybe 120. And uh, I see him see me. And he uh, he was with somebody else. And they almost visibly kind of threw their hands up in the air. And I watched him through binoculars and they walked all the way back into the house and decided not to go hunting. Hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Like when you like when you say like they threw their hands up like almost not not like trying to get you like to they see didn't, it. I didn't watch them walk from the house. I think they went to go to a different blind and they were coming in like they were coming in playing the wind and they got to a spot where they were gonna enter the woods and they saw me. And they were I, I think the way I interpreted the situation was they were bummed that I was there and they decided they weren't going to hunt. Hmm. So I watched these two guys who had just walked right through the woods downwind of me um, head back to the house. And at this point, like, I'm not I'm not anticipating that the deer I'm trying to hunt was bedded where they came from, but they kind of walked through an area where I think he could have been. Not necessarily bedded, but I think maybe he had spent some time there. And anyway... Regardless, I got in my head. Like, I was glad that they didn't push into the woods and come hunt. I felt a little bad that they wanted to go hunting and, for whatever reason, decided not to because I was there. But I started getting discouraged. And I'm like, man, like, okay. I got this guy who just walked through the woods on the other side of the creek from me. Now now somebody's over there ripping a lawnmower. I've got a guy on a a dirt bike a half mile away ripping a two-stroke. Like, I just started getting into my head. And I'm like, I'm not going to see anything tonight. Like, here I am thinking I'm playing the wind, and here comes the cold front, and this is a super calculated set, and I'm going to push in, and I'm going to see that deer tonight. And all these things, you know, him, 
and again a half mile away i could just hear somebody ripping on a two-stroke dirt bike that just the world's working against you yeah and I, and did that would that dirt bike really bug the deer maybe i don't know but in my head it was every little thing kept piling up and i'm like what am i even doing out here this is pointless mm-hmm. and so like little probably 20 minutes goes by me sitting there sort of feeling bad for myself and I look up and a good two-year-old buck is walking straight he's directly upwind from me I'm sorry he's not so typically I would hunt this stand I want this these details are critical typically I would hunt this stand on a north wind blowing out of the north blowing my scent across the creek because I'm 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 set up right on the creek mm-hmm but because, <clears throat> because I thought there was a hot doe in there and just the wind that I was given on that day, I was given a true south wind. Mm-hmm. So my thought was I'll be able to creep in there with the wind in my face. If there's deer up at the front of the property, you know, in, in that wood lot or up in the, in the food plot, I might be shooting myself in the foot. If they're up in there, they're going to win me. But if anything's working this crick line cruising... I'm going to be really wind safe because instead of my wind blowing directly on across that trail and into the creek from me, it's blowing back up away from me. And I don't typically see a lot of traffic there. So really you want to hunt it on a true north or a true south. You don't want to hunt it on a crosswind. So to this particular day, I had a south wind. <clears throat> and so um, that's why I was really frustrated. I'm kind of piecing these details back together because the neighbor had walked on his side of the creek and with the wind that it, I had, it was blowing his scent Yep. Right across the creek to me. Yep. So anyway, um, I look up about 20 minutes after feeling bad for myself, and there's a good two-year-old buck that's walking right right towards me. He's a little north of me, and I've got a south wind. So he's out in front of me a ways to the west, but he's coming towards me. And I I, I kind of watch him through the binoculars for a while, and I just decide I'm not going to I'm not gonna shoot that deer. He can come all the way in, but I'm not going to shoot him. I'm just going to film him. And he was, a, I mean, I've shot plenty of smaller deer. He was a pretty good deer, but <laughs> I just made the decision. I pulled up the binoculars, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going <clears> to. <throat> so he works in. I film him, have a really cool encounter. He keeps coming, and he almost gets my crosswind. Or I'm sorry, he almost crosses my wind, which would be directly north of me. But he, he doesn't. Uh, he kind of got a little spooky, like he might have got like a little wisp of it. But he didn't blow and tear out of there. He just walked. turned around and kind of slowly walked back to where I think he had gotten up from his bed. And I'm watching him as he walks back away uh, to the west. And right as he gets to this spot where I almost can't see him anymore, I see another deer stand up. And it's a really big buck. And it's like I was following him in the binoculars, and the really big buck stands up, and and I kind of like pan back to where I saw that. And it only only happened for like a couple seconds. Then I thought he had laid back down, and I can't find him again. But I know for sure I just saw a different buck, and it was a big buck. And I'm like, hmm. So I spent a lot of time kind of scanning that area, and I can't find the deer that I thought I had just seen. I make make note of that area. And, and again, I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to see anything. Like, that was a fluke. Like, I'm not going to see anything the rest of the night. I don't know why. I'm just in a really bad headspace. <clears throat> and the rest of the night kind of goes on, and I really don't see anything until just before last light and i'm like okay first week of november there could be deer pushing into this bottom cruising for does i'm gonna i'm gonna rip a couple grunts and so i get out the grunt tube and i and and the wind had just finally died like it was windy when i got in i can feel the cold air moving in wind dies and i'm like okay i'm in this cold swampy bottom yep it's november 3rd like i'm gonna grunt this is the shit you dream of yeah so i start ripping a grunt and and I start scanning. And right where I had thought I'd seen that big buck stand up and then bed back down earlier, I see pretty boy. Big buck. Standing up, looking in my direction like he had just heard my call. Like he stood up from his bed hearing that call. And uh, so I, I, he kind of looks around for a little while. Hold on, sorry. You saw him without binoculars or with binoculars? Or both? I found him in binoculars. I purposely... I did not see him without the binoculars. I grunted, and I was scanning, and I specifically looked in that spot because I had thought I had yeah. seen a big buck there earlier. I'm like, I'm going to check that spot. And, and, I, and I almost and watched him. He had just stood up, but he was, like, in this brushy stuff that I wouldn't have seen him with a naked eye. I went back and looked in that spot for that reason. 
and he just starts yep. kind of walking my way. Not marching, but he's he stood up and he's curious enough to head over there and see what what's going on. <clears throat> and so he starts working in, and he kind of, like I said, he's not dead committed, but he's he'll he'll cover some ground and then he'll stop, and he'll cover some ground and then he'll stop. He's he's being cautious. He's a mature, you know, an older deer. He's seen this movie before. So like, is he, he is he like walking a little bit and then like totally picking up his whole body, looking and perking his ears and like staring in your direction? Yes. And then and, and but he's looking around. He's kind of scanning. But he'll cover a little ground, stop scanning, completely like check all surroundings, and so then cover a little more ground. He's coming in for that. Yes. Exactly for that. That sound. Correct. Um, and then he kind of gets to a spot where he hangs up for a little while, and he he doesn't he doesn't close any more distance for you know, in the same pattern that he was doing. And so I slowly slip my doe bleat can out of my pocket and I reach around the back of the tree and I just turn that over once. And he looks up and kind of just like, that, that's it. He didn't even have to know where it came from. I just need, needed to confirm that he heard something. I watched him hear it. How and far was he? He was maybe 70 or 60 yards at this point. So the, the doe bleat can is is a, a play out of your playbook that I don't I've never played that play, really. And I'm, I'm you know, intrigued in, by in, it. In my mind, here was the th- I mean, it, it's not a loud call, like it's got to be kind of kind of an intimate setting. And my experience with it is it's a very specific time of the the rut where it works or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the grunt got him curious enough to start coming over here and investigating. We're November third. Maybe I'll think, trick him into thinking first first couple hot does, whatever. I also am thinking of the fact that that camera was going off earlier today, and he already knew. He, he was one of the deer I had on camera earlier that, that morning with another mature deer. And I'm like, actually, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I had two sh- what I would have considered shooters on camera that morning. He was not one of them. Mm-hmm. But that's where I was thinking there's a hot doe in the area. And so that kind of played into my decision to, to play that call as well. Like if there's some bucks concentrated, concentrated in this area and it is one of these first couple hot does, you know, into heat, um, maybe that'll get him interested. And so when he, when he halfway committed with the grunt and started to get interested, I thought, well, I'm just going to try this. And I didn't overplay it. I just, no, I really like that (laughs) call. I mean, like you're, you're the offensive coordinator, you know, for the Buffalo Bills or whatever, and <laughs> and you're you're taking in, you know, it's the it's the third quarter, and yeah. you know the quarterback just got hurt, and you know it's it's six whatever, you know, yeah. third down, and you got six to go, and so you you played that, yeah, it was intentional, but that. That, that's it was intentional because of all of those factors. Like, I think yeah. there's a hot dough in the area. I saw a couple of bucks on camera, you know. I, I'm also thinking of the other two-year-old that I saw earlier that went back to where I think this buck was, like, Very strategic call. Yeah, it was. And so at that point, you can see, again, he's not on a rope, like, licking his chops, bristled up, ready to come fight somebody. But at that point, he's made up his mind, like, okay, that's the direction, again, where that other grunt came from. I'm going to come over there. And you visually got to watch all this. I watched him make that decision. Yeah, it was cool. I'm standing up mag pro rolling the whole time. Hmm already hooked on but i'm directly facing him like he's um, he's directly he's downtown yeah so um he's not like coming in on any sort of angle where i think he's going to hit a trail where i'm going to get a good shot he's just walking straight at me and i'm like so anyway i watch him make this whole decision he he's a little more committed but he's still being that that cautious deer like he he'll cover a little ground and he won't hold up for very long, but he's he's just very alert. Very, very alert and cautious. And he's coming in, and he gets kind of behind a tree. And he keeps, I had to keep, like, kind of peeking, like, lean just a little to see if he's still covering ground behind the tree. Because he's walking directly at me behind this tree, and he is. <clears throat> now he's getting within, like, he's inside of 30 yards. And I'm stood up and hooked on but he's directly behind the tree. And it's almost like he knows the stand's there. I don't think he's seen me. He hasn't seen me move, but he knows the stand is there, right? So he's being cautious of that area. And he'll kind of, like, stop behind the tree and, like, You truly feel that way? I do. 
I do because this is a stand that I've had back there for a while, but I moved it to this new location. So you think he's he he's very aware of that I do ladder thing sitting up against that tree and that he's coming in almost behind that tree because I don't think he's hiding behind the tree because of the the, the stand, but I think he knows that stand's there and I can watch him kind of like lean out and check the stand. Hmm. And th- maybe that wasn't what was happening, but that's what I had told myself. So anyway, he's cl- he's closing ground and he he gets within tw- within thirty yards, probably closer to twenty five. And he starts to just veer one way and slightly come out behind the tree. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm full draw. <clears throat> and right as he steps out from behind that tree, he looks up and sees me at 25 yards, quartered hard too. And he's looking, and he's looking, and, I, and I'm full draw, and I'm, I'm trying to just be patient, be patient. And he doesn't really like whatever he's seeing. He's not blowing out of there, but he starts to take like a half turn. And as he turns away, he turns kind of a little, it's still quartered, but a little more broadside. And I don't have the shot. And I, 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 in that moment, he, as he started to move, I lean out around the tree and try to make that shot. And what I, I, I missed, I'll just cut to the chase. I missed. And what had happened is when I leaned out around the tree, I didn't lean the, I didn't pull the bow as much. I pulled, you know, my string yep. in my release hand. You that, the I, hell out I of leaned it. that a lot more than I pulled the bow. And so when I released that, the arrow just came out of the rest way wonky. And I, I saw it shoot like three feet to the left of him. Yeah. <clears throat> he bounds two or three times and has no idea what happened. No idea. So I reach for my bleak can, and I reach around the back of the tree, and I go, one, one time more, and he turns back. I, he was walking directly away from me, and he turns and looks back and stares at me. And he's just staring there. And he starts to make like a little quarter turn, like he's going to walk back into the tree, and I'm like, no freaking way. So hold on. Uh, we need to break this down, because that's why we're doing this podcast. So Yeah. Two quick questions. First, you know, he you, you said he's coming in, right? He's coming in, but he's real leery and he's scanning, mm-hmm. right? I'm going back to that place. And oh, now, obviously, like if, if he would have visually seen a doe, my question is, is obviously, the, the you know, he, he would have done something differently. You know, when you're reading that deer coming in, mm-hmm. let's, let's pretend that you do the, you know, the can, mm-hmm. the first time, and, and there's a, a doe that's like walking, and he can visually see it. Yeah. Is that deer what what is that deer doing in that situation? What do you what do you think would have happened by, you know, his demeanor? Do you think he's like running in? Do you think he's like still kind of like walking or like, I think what I do you th- imagine would have happened if that was a real <clears throat> s- scenario? I don't think he would have ran in, but I think he would have walked steadily to wherever that that doe was. Do you think he's coming in? Like he's been back? No. He's just coming in. Yeah. We we're, we're, we're in that like we it's November 3rd. Like, they're not locked down yet. Like, I don't know. The way I was reading that situation, I kind of thought about this, the the way that you're you're posing the question. If that had been a decoy hunt and I had had a decoy posi- right posi- positioned specifically, like, on a trail where I wanted the broadside shot, it would have worked very well because it would have given that visual point of reference. He, he was already curious about the grunt. He was curious about the bleat. If I had that, like, a, a decoy... He would have he would have walked in steadily right there to check her, and I would have got the shot that I needed. My second question: His scanning, real quick. His scanning, to me, felt more like where the heck did those calls come from than it did scanning for danger. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That helps. My 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 second question. Okay. Because I did this too, and you called me after this, and you were like, I just took a play out of the Nate Hicks playbook, and I kind of took that offensively. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I say that? You did. You huh. said I took a you know, page out of your book. <laughs> That's the last time I... Anyway. Well, let's give a tiny bit of context. I did the... I torqued you, the bow. You torqued the, the bow, did the exact same thing, told me the story, identified your your perceived wrongdoing on Halloween. <clears throat> so this is three days after you just told no, me no. not to do this. So this was on that was on that was on the thirtieth. What was? The torque of the bow. Oh. 
whatever tail end of october you had this yes. thing happen to you and and got on your soapbox and we're like don't torque your bow and then here i am on november 3rd and i did it yeah so you almost jinxed me actually so but, but so when i when i when i mentioned that so i had a similar encounter mm-hmm. it's amazing right it is amazing like that you you did your you know reach behind the tree and did it a second time mm-hmm. that deer truly truly thought i mean you haven't finished your story yet but that deer truly thought that that noise, that flash, or that arrow that you th- you know threw at him that was four feet to the left, mm-hmm. he interpreted that and had the audacity to actually turn around and come back in, mm-hmm. thinking that that was a male deer, another male deer protecting his territory. Yeah, that's the only thing that that makes that whole thing make sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It, uh, he he thought somehow that arrow was the commotion of deer rutting. Correct. Right? Correct. That's he, wild. I don't know what he thought it was, but he associated it with the commotion, chasing, whatever you want to call it, the commotion of deer rutting in the woods. And that's a common thing. I, f- I feel like lots of guys have had a similar encounter, like people miss, right? So, And then you get a second shot. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yep. That's an animal. Mm-hmm. We are superior to that. Mm-hmm. I'd be really curious to see like something like that happen in our, you know, our day to day. Obviously, it's not the, yep. in the woods or whatever, but we're superior to them. That was that was a point I wanted to make. There, it's like that's an animal making a decision that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we can kill these deer. Mm-hmm. People don't give you know. Right, we're superior. Yep. That's my point. Go, can, please continue. I'm dying. So I get a lot worse in this story from 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 an execution standpoint. So I. Root cause, I've had time to reflect on this. I should have just been patient. I shouldn't have said, now I'm going to lean out around this tree and make this shot. It's now or never. I should have been patient. And I wasn't, and I missed. Long story short, I call. He he turns around, and he commits to coming back in. This time, he's even more cautious. Mm-hmm. He's, he's taking his sweet time, covering a little ground at a time, and looking hard for whatever the heck's going on over there. Like, he's almost walking as if, I'm not coming all the way back over there. I'll come a little ways to see what the heck was going on over there, but I'm not coming all the way back over there. Like, that's what he was telling me. Mm-hmm. So he starts coming back in, same situation, gets behind a tree, closes some more distance, and <clears throat> once he gets behind a tree, he stops for a while and decides that he almost, that he's not coming much farther or at all. And so he's, again, at that point where he's going to kind of turn and, Maybe he's going to cross in front of me a little bit, make a loop, and J-hook and head back. Mm-hmm. So he turns kind of broadside and starts to walk out from behind this tree. I draw back. I settle. And I take my shot. And um, he was farther than I thought he was, and I missed low. I, I, I did hit him, but I, I missed way low and got... Skimmed his, his brisket sk- or something? Skimmed his brisket. No blood at all. Um, a little bit of hair. Uh, there's video evidence of that of that I've one got, there. Yeah, I've got video evidence of that one. Um, so that really sucks. Uh, really good deer. Um, you know, I I sound like a schmuck in this story, and I and quite honestly, I am. The first the first the first um the first encounter was a lack of patience. He was very well within range. That a you know what pin I used wouldn't matter. The second one, he was at 28 yards. And, you know, again, I, I, I'm at full draw for quite some time. I don't have the time. Like, I, I couldn't let he – was, he was on high alert. I couldn't let down and, and take a range. And like I've talked about before on this podcast, when I get in, I kind of go in the stand. I go through this acclimation phase where I, I try to range different landmarks and, and understand my surroundings to know, okay, if he once he crosses that log, he's inside of 25 yards, whatever, right? So I knew he was inside of 30 I thought he was 25 or, you know, low 20s, and I shot him for low 20 yards. Like, I, th- I thought he was about 22, 23. He was 28 and um, didn't duck at all <laughs> when I shot, and uh, I missed low. Mm-hmm. I missed low, skimmed him. Um, I've gone on to, as I've talked about in, in previous episodes, I did end up seeing that deer rutting. Didn't even really have a limp. I mean, he was maybe limping a little bit, but he was. He ended up rutting and he's lived and it's all good. But 
biggest that. what's the biggest takeaway of that i mean to wrap it up and put a bow on it for you like what's the biggest takeaway from that whole thing obviously that you've had a lot of time to think about it and that coupled with a couple other experiences and i won't get into all the other ones for me it, it the biggest thing i learned this season is patience and i'd be interested to go back and hear how much we talked about that going into the season <clears throat> i can't really at this point present moment recall how much we really use the word patience i mean there was a lot of anticipation for the season and pressure to get it done and all those things for me it comes down to patience and i think i realized and, and you and i've talked about this and i think you probably had a similar epiphany um it's okay for a shooter deer to come in you to not get a chance at him and him to walk away like that, you do like takes maturity it takes maturity and i feel like i'm i'm finally there like i learned that lesson this year like, because you can get him tomorrow. He'll, he'll, he's literally living. And there. if somebody else shoots him, there'll be more deer. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. And and I, I feel like I grew up hunting in a situation where you didn't see a lot of bucks, and you certainly didn't see a lot of bucks that you would consider shooter bucks. And so there's this, it's now or never mentality. I got to make it count. If I don't shoot him now, this is the last time I'm going to see him. And if anything, what I learned this season is by being strategic about when you hunt certain stands, what winds you go hunt on. Like, there's there's an ability to pattern some deer and put yourself in a higher percentage chance of seeing a deer multiple times. And so that's the biggest takeaway is, you know, what if I had just not released either one of those arrows? Mm -hmm. Certainly not the first one. There's no way I should have released the first arrow and leaned out and been like, now we're never going to make it happen. You know, the, the second one, that was a true error. I thought he was closer than he was, and it was it would have been a good shot in terms of, like, you know, an ethical shot. I just, I misjudged the yardage, and that, and that happens. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that, I don't know that additional patience would have served me any better in that situation because he wasn't coming any closer. But it's because I had just missed him and put him on absolute high alert with a shot that if I was more patient, like it, it's okay. It's okay to have an encounter with a really awesome deer and not get a chance at him. Yeah, that's gonna make you a better hunter. And I, and I think, again, there's a couple other experiences I had this this season that kind of go down that path. So that's the big takeaway. And and it's really easy to say that's the takeaway and that's the lesson learned. But it's really only a lesson learned if you actually use that to to dictate outcomes going forward. Yeah. So am I going to be more patient next year? Am I going to be the guy on the podcast saying, hey, I just had an encounter with my target deer last night. He was at 28 yards, and I didn't let an arrow fly because this, that, or the other thing. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take those chances. Like, you know, you, you got <laughs> to shoot the ball to score, right? You, you do got to do that. But it's got to be a high percentage shot too. Mm-hmm. And so there's it, it's a maturity thing as a hunter. Yeah. No, I, 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 that's, that's what really stands out to me is like, it, it's okay. It takes, it takes a while. Um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to, there's a lot of buildup, right. To the, the season and you, you're, you're dealing with finite time and you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have, you, you know, we're, <laughs> there's a lot of things that limit the amount of time you get to spend bow hunting in a year. Yep. And so when you're in that situation, it feels like the, the, weight of the world, world is just yep. pushing and like it's like you can't even put it into words but it's like god i got up this morning at four o'clock and i you know for all these reasons you're right there and it's like oh man i gotta try yeah if i don't try then i won't know yep. and it takes maturity to, to to say listen i'm gonna i'm gonna wait like that takes a lot of maturity yeah because on that first encounter what if i had let it play out what yeah. if i didn't lean out and around that tree and take the shot yeah what do you kept walking would you come right to the base of my tree would you have hit the trail and gone i don't know if any of those things are true because i didn't let it play out and you'd probably learned a lot too just from the next handful of seconds like he was coming in all weary like yeah so. i put him on absolute high alert and, and made the second chance a much lower percentage encounter yeah. Uh, because of my first shot, and my first shot was a lack of patience. Yeah. So, I, I you know, I, my personality, I struggle with patience, like in in my everyday life. So this isn't like a, 
this isn't something that I'm just learning about myself and self-awareness tells me I'm really not that patient of a hunter. I'm not a patient guy. Like that's something I'm trying to work on as a human, like in business, as a father. Yeah. Like when your wife, when your wife looks at me and says, Hey, if you want to uh, watch a good time, just go watch Devin put the, uh, the brackets on the wall upstairs. Yeah. Like you're going to like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like the littlest things get to me and, and, and it's, it's a lack of patience, but it's that, I don't know. It's, 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 it's something I've, I've dealt with. And, you know, it comes from a mentality of I'm going to make it happen. And that served, that served me a lot of good in my life too. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make something happen, but there, there, there's, there's a fine balance, right? Like there's a delicate balance between making something happen and waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's my deal. I just I just gave you a long story, so sorry. No, I, re- I mean, that's why we are here today is to really break down some shit. Onyx is the number one GPS hunting app on the market. If you don't have Onyx, I would highly consider trying a free trial where you can get access to all 50 states and all of the mapping features and tools. Onyx allows you to send waypoints to your buddies, see public and private boundary lines, and see where you stand in live time, and also has a new weather feature that allows you to track weather and wind so you can stay on top of your game, literally. It's a no-brainer. If you go on your computer, not your mobile device, to onxmaps.com and use the promo code PAINTEDARROW, you will receive 20% off your Elite or Premium subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. There's nothing I like doing more than hunting elk in the western states. One of the main challenges of hunting big game species in western states is actually getting a tag. Furthermore, it's actually understanding each state's drawing systems, which can seem like a chore to figure out for beginners. Go Hunt is a company that has figured out how to simplify this obstacle for basic folk like you and me. Go Hunt offers a subscription service called The Insider, which gives you access to the most accurate draw odds, species breakdowns, and strategy articles out there. Before I started using Go Hunt, I would spend hours filing through Kill Harvest reports and data sheets looking for a good unit to hunt in. And using The Insider has streamlined this process, making it easier and more efficient than ever before. This has allowed me to find a place to go hunt, hence the name. Visit GoHunt.com to find out more and to start a free trial with the Insider subscription service. Shoepex Sporting Goods in Jackson, Michigan has been in the business of selling outdoor equipment for over 30 years. They have over 1,000 new and used guns and over 500 new bows for you to choose from. This family-owned and operated company goes above and beyond to make sure that you are taken care of when it comes to buying gear. Use the promo code PAINTEDARROW5 at the checkout and receive 5% off your entire purchase. Yes, that does include guns and bows, folks. Go down to Shoepex today. So so, so give, me your, give me your deal. Give me an encounter. Um... Whether it's, you know, like you said, whether it's with a fawn or a doe or a big buck, something like where you felt like it was a very influential encounter. You walked away from it learning something Mm -hmm. that you actually think you're going to apply to result in a different outcome next year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep it to this year because that's what I I don't know if I said that or not when I broke it down in the beginning. Yeah, you didn't, but that was kind of assumed. Okay. So we don't have any real crazy experiences that um, we haven't already shared, mm-hmm. but that's fine. So there's a there is a uh, a really similar encounter. I'm gonna mention this really briefly. This first encounter to get to the encounter that I'm talking about. Okay. So the, the first one was the one that we were alluding to. Like we were preaching a lot of things early in the season on the podcast. Like hey be patient. Hey, you know, it's all about that moment. Hey, anticipating, Hey, like all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were both jacked up, fired up to go hunting. And my first big buck encounter, I got in, there was a branch right in my shooting lane. I couldn't stand up. Like if I would have been able to stand up mm-hmm. for whatever reason, <coughs> I was seated and I couldn't. So I torqued the bow just like you did to get around this limb yeah. And I fired and it went literally four feet to the right. Yeah. 
and you, you start to like in that in that moment that's the first time I, that that it happened to me so i'm thinking like what just happened and i honestly needed that to happen to me 3 days later cuz i didn't fully understand what you were saying. like i understand what torquing the bow means but yeah so like i pulled back like i'm i'm a right-handed shooter so my right hand is on the sh- on the string yeah. on the release i'm drawn back and instead of like just letting everything just be squared in just, line to each other just in line you're sitting there with your left hand on that that throat of the bow. You're squeezing it for dear life, and then you're taking your release and you're like angling it either oh, far farther, right yeah. or far left. And so when you release the arrow, it just comes off all cattywampus. And yep, you said it. So that happened. Really good deer at close yardage. What what day? That was the thirtieth of October. Of October. Okay. The next morning. Okay. This is the this is the event. Okay. Even to just break it down, like going back a little further, we talked about this a lot. Like we're we're learning a lot as bow hunters. We're we're evolving. So Yeah, the, we're not we're not coming with the answers. The 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 number of years that you and I have of trail camera data on the properties that we own going out into that October time frame to like target a couple of deer, mm-hmm. it's very limited. Yeah. And so we're still, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, I'm still getting used to, okay, I got seven or eight trail cameras out. I'm learning about the deer. I see these deer in photos often. Yeah. Going in and seeing that deer for the first time, a target deer. On the hoof. On the hoof, like seeing them for the first time in person, like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of experience with that. That shock factor of like, whoa, like, there he holy is. Holy cow. There's the deer. Yeah. Like I've been looking at him <laughs> on a four by two inch screen on my cell phone for a long time. Yeah. Or on my computer when I'm pulling cards throughout the summer. So like I'm new to that. When you put that in perspective, like like you're putting goals ahead of yourself, like I'm going to kill that deer or this deer or this deer. Like that's it right? Mm-hmm. That's it. And so you go out and when you see that deer for the first time, that's a big deal. Yeah. It tells you it's you're hard to doing, prepare for that. yeah, it's, it's telling you that you're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. And so the next morning, Halloween morning, I was hyping it up big time. All to year. You. I'm you like, were like, that's the day. Halloween, Halloween's the day. Halloween's the day. I told my wife, babe, we don't have any kids. I'm not going anywhere on Halloween. Don't sign me up for nothing on Halloween. <laughs> I'm going to kill a big buck yep. on the property out back if it's going to happen. So there's a couple of really nice deer that I was after. Yep. All this to say there was there was a really nice, I think he's a four-year-old. He's a big eight-pointer. Had an encounter with him on the 26th of October. Hadn't seen him in a while. Hadn't got him on camera. There's this older deer. He's got a funky rack. I've told this story. Yeah. He's called the Funky Rack Buck. And he was cool. I mean, he had this wow pizzazz factor, like, wow. You don't shoot deer like that all the time. I think he's really old. He looks like a horse. The more that we you know learn I mean? throughout the season, I think you might be right. But um, He's just got that real mature face look to him. Yeah. And his eyes, so, like, I got a lot of really close-up photos of a lot of these bucks on this specific camera on the specific trail and i got a little licking branch there and i get really close intimate photos when they come through Mm -hmm. because they stop and they pause and the camera goes off and it's like it's like two feet yeah and so one of the couple pictures like he's got these huge wide circles around his eyes right Mm -hmm. like this the fur is white and it's just it's a cool looking deer yeah so halloween morning yeah pouring just pouring and it was one of those mornings as a deer hunter where you're like you set your alarm you did the clothes thing you're ready to rock everything's in place yeah but you wake up and you look outside and you hear it and you're like i don't know you know what i mean it was one of those mornings it was like god i just don't know like i know it's i know it's i know october 31st i just don't know yeah and for whatever reason, my wife, 
I think if, is it is Halloween. That's a work day, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if it's on a work day, yeah. Pretty sure my wife was getting up and going to work. Yeah, she was. It was like a Friday or something, I think. Yeah. Wasn't and, it? Let's look. And, and she called me. I remember this. She called me and she goes, she's like, are you are you outside? It was a Monday. Yeah, it's a Monday morning. I had that day off. Had it marked, starred, and double, triple dotted on the calendar. She, she's like, are you sure you, like, you're going outside? It's pouring. She's driving to work. I said, <laughs> I remember this. Like, I'm like outside. It's pouring outside. I'm like, babe, I got to go. Like, I'm, I'm getting my phone soaked, right? <laughs> and uh, so I'm out there and I'm thinking in my, 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 my mind, like, I haven't gotten to go to this specific spot because it's really hard to get to. And I just want to quickly, like, if you think, if you think about a half pipe, right? Everybody know what a half pipe it is? Oh, like, yeah. Ski half pipe. Yeah, or a skateboard half pipe. So you're looking at it from like the side view, right? If you just were to draw it on a piece of paper, you draw a flat line, you draw half of a pipe, yeah. and then you draw another line. So my property, if you if you're like in the middle of the the half pipe, right down on the bottom, mm-hmm. like that's where my property ends. Okay. Okay. So I have a field, and then it drops down into a bottom, into mm-hmm. a swamp. Yep. And then right in the Right in the middle of that swamp, my property ends, another guy starts, and then his goes over and up into another field, and yeah. it flattens out again. Yeah. You know, you know, obviously from tip to tip, we're talking hundreds of yards. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like it's a big area, but all this to say, like when you're going out into the spot to hunt it, you you own half of the bottom of the half pipe. Correct. Yeah. But so like when you're walking on the flat part and you're just about to tip down into that half pipe, that bottom it just deer look they they're they're they are so keen at this area i've learned this they just stare at the top of the pipe and they're waiting for any movement and they bed themselves so that even if the wind's not in their favor they can see that hillside very easily yeah anything coming down in there and then if it's a quiet morning you know november 3rd right at whatever it i'm sorry halloween morning Halloween morning yeah if it's halloween morning and it's like quiet you can't go back there because like i don't have great path system so these deer are very very keen at picking out anybody going into that area even with paths it's hard to get in there quiet it just is yeah you're gonna bump deer when you go hunt this area so haven't hunted it hardly at all but a lot of these photos of these deer that i'm talking about watching them on a little screen a lot of these mature bucks are coming out of this bottom and they're coming up to hit this this little licking branch and in, in, um, kill plot kill plot that I have, and a lot of the, a lot of the bigger mature deer are frequenting that area. And so, I'm thinking this is my opportunity. Early in the morning, they frequent they they check that like yes early in the bed. morning before they're gonna go back to bed. So I'm thinking like, hey, this is my opportunity. I hadn't hunted back in that area the whole year. Yeah, I'm thinking this pouring rain. It's storming. This is my opportunity. I'm gonna go back there right now. I'm going to do it. Quiet. Yeah, exactly. I can just run. I could run through the woods and a deer wouldn't be able to tell the difference because it's like pouring rain. So here I am, hour and a half before light, get out there. And again, I, I had a couple of deer that I wanted to kill. All were kind of in the area, um, but none real, real, real frequent. Yeah. So I get back there and I'm up, you know, I get up in the stand and I'm standing. I'll never forget this. I'm just standing there, <coughs> not sitting. Because I, I wanted to give as little, like, surface area for the rain to hit. So I was standing for, like, an hour and a half to two hours in the dark, just getting drenched. I mean, just, like, sitting there questioning, like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, yeah. there's no way this is going to turn out with a deer, you know? Um, Here comes the light, right? And it's, like, a gray light. It takes the light forever to, like, actually come up, it feels like, because it's, like, Rainy, so, cloudy, yeah. And um, but it's that time of year where those leaves are real bright and pretty, and it's just a beautiful time to be out in the woods. And there's still leaves holding on, right? October thirty first. And uh, I'm gonna stop the story right there, and I'm I'm gonna bring it back in just a second. But we something we talked about a lot in the early season was, you know, you did a really good job for me because this this spoke directly to me. You you said. You said this. You said, when you see that deer, Nate, whatever, whenever it is, whatever day it is, you're going to see that deer, and I need you to promise me that when you see him, you're not going to freak out in your chest. You're not going to freak out and get buck fever and, like, harness the moment 
and just say to yourself, there he is. Right? I broke this down before. Yeah. But you said, there he is. It's not, oh my God, there he is. Like, oh. And all of a sudden you're in yourself yeah. and you're in the moment and you can't make the shot because you're shaking, right? And so I was like, that stuck with me. So, like, of course, of course he's there. Like, he's that's supposed why to I'm be. here. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm back, back to the tree stand now. So I'm going back. All right. Back I'm right to the there story. with you. Yeah. And I'm standing there and it's starting to get light. And I remember thinking, like, the only way this damn thing's going to happen is if this deer got totally, like, he had to bed down because it's pouring rain and he's going to be coming back to bed late. Yeah. Because it wasn't, like, it wasn't quite right yet in the woods. You know, it wasn't like nuts and bolts, just people running everywhere, deer running everywhere. It wasn't like that yet. So, <laughs> all of a sudden there that deer was, that funky rag buck. Just popped up. 20 yards away, 25 yards away, 30 yards away. So, it's so quiet, too, because it's so wet. He just was there right now. He was there. First, what, like. Did, how, how, you were scanning and you just saw him or you heard something or. So, like, I was standing in the tree stand. This is like a this is like a ladder stand with like a gun shooting rest, and so I was like turned around. I was sitting on the gun rail, yeah, looking at the tree. Yeah. My bow's hanging on the right side of the tree, and I had practiced, you know, like drawn back a hundred times in um, in most sets that I'm in. But it was like it was like just light. It was just first light, mm-hmm. and um, everything about me was soaked. I mean, I I was soaked. Yeah, my gear was soaked to your skivvies. Just soaked. Yeah, and here come like this deer there he is all of a sudden i just there he is so i'm looking at the tree and he he entered the woods where the tree was so i didn't see him he pops on the right side of the tree and there he's he's like i'm looking that direction it was just the most wild right there there he is 30 yards i'm like i did exactly what i didn't want to do and i was like oh my holy frick i was like (laughs) there he is yeah i was like oh there he is like i can't believe it like instead of like there he is i got him i got him and um, I think it was because he just came out of nowhere, and yeah, I wasn't there was expecting that surprise it. factor. I was not expecting the deer to do that for some reason. Like in my mind, like you were talking about, like in your mind, you were down. The weight of the world, the, the two-stroke ripping, like you're just down. Like in my mind, I'm sitting there in the rain, just very unhappy with myself, and I'm thinking, "There's no way. There's no way." Yeah. But why not? Why would that that like why would that not happen? Yeah. I mean, look. You said it. This rain might like maybe he's coming back to bed late, and there's I'm just not going to be a lot. On to that. Yeah, like maybe he's going to slip through here quietly, and he's going back to bed late. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. You put yourself in that spot because he was hitting that scrape early in the morning. Oh. You thought maybe he's coming back to bed a little late this morning. You got in there quiet because of the wind, the rain. You had a good wind. First time hunting you that area. You called your shot. First time hunting that area. Yeah. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I see that deer? Is yeah. the question. Yeah. But I'm in my mind. I I I, I convinced myself the the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so that deer came in. Long story short, he came in, and I could have swore that he was at thirty yards, mm-hmm. twenty seven yards, and I shot right over his back because I couldn't closer. I couldn't use my rangefinder because it was soaked. Just so <laughs> I couldn't see through it because it was just water pooled on both sides of it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it was inside of my first light jacket with the zipper closed, Just and it was soaked. Soaked and fogged out. If that tells yeah. you anything. Yeah. So that deer, I he ended up kind of same situation. Like, what the heck was that arrow? And he, this deer bounds, is real cautious, <laughs> real cautious, is looking around, looking around, looking around. And finally, like, like I'm at full draw again with another arrow in. And this deer is just, I mean, he, I could have killed him. He was at 20. And I could have killed him, but this brush was in the way. And I'm just like, oh, dude, like right there. Yeah. So couldn't get another shot off. He ends up bounding off, and he didn't He didn't really know. You clean missed him the first clean shot. Clean missed, yeah. right over top of him. Yeah. Shot right over his back. Um. So missed him, okay? Yeah. And then I, I want to talk this one more thing I want to connect because I, I really think that so with 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 me accessing that area the way I did, I was telling you it rained. That's the first time I went out there because it was raining hard. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna, I promise I'm going to wrap this up. We're going long here. So, couple of couple of days later, November 9th, Okay. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's the day that I went hunting. November eighth is actually the the key event. So I'm out hunting all day hunt on the seventh. I took the eighth off and I actually mowed my paths. Yeah, because it was really loud during the day on the eighth. Yep. Yeah. I took a, a leaf blower and blew a spot all the way to that set, the same set that I missed that that funky rack buck. Yeah. Beautiful. I think he's probably five. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like an old five year old scraggly looking funky like rack not deer. I mean not sweet genetics but just an old mature cool looking deer yeah yeah like anybody shoot him like I know that yeah yeah no question it's kind of a cool deer so after missing him the second time I go back there to sit in this spot would have been on the eighth so I'm sorry the ninth so on the eighth I go blow a trail all the way to that set because I know that I can't get back there in the morning Unless it's pouring rain. <laughs> Unless it's pouring rain. So wind's going to be good. It's going to be a south wind. So that wind's going to be coming from the bottom of that half pipe, coming up, hitting me in the face. And I'm thinking deer bedding down in there. I'm going to get a deer cruising this edge, right on the edge of that half pipe. I'm going to shoot him right where, the, right where the ledge is. Yep. And so I shot a deer that morning on the 9th. He was a nine-pointer. There's a video I'm about to put out on YouTube of this deer. Got him on the Mag Pro. But that encounter with that funky rack buck had a big deal and big part to do with why I harvested that deer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I've learned so much every every outing on the property, it's still only, you know, not even two years n- new to me. So that encounter with the rain, the fact that I could get back there silent, that had a lot to do with, like, me figuring, oh, maybe I should, maybe I should take a day off and mow some paths. Maybe I should take a day off and blow a little trail through the you know the dirt to this set um and so i was pretty happy when i shot that deer in that spot it almost felt like redemption yeah from that set so um biggest takeaway biggest takeaway for sure is i was trying to really paint a picture with the mindset you know like yeah we're not i mean i can't speak for everybody but Devin and i i'm telling you right now we're not going to go sit in the set Anywhere in November and not have some, you know, forethought of, you know, the wind and traditional movement and, you know, current data from trail cameras. Like mm-hmm. something like we're going in there for a reason because we think that that's the best shot. We're picking that set, that specific tree because we have a, we have the best shot there. Mm-hmm. And it should never be, oh my God, there's that deer. Yeah, no way. I can't believe it. Well, why can't you believe it? You you called your shot. You, he's supposed to be here. That's why you came in here. I just, it just really tears me up even to talk about it. That, but that it. that that is our evolution. Like when we can get to the point when he walks in, he, you're just like, there he is. Bad move, buddy. Like that that's got to be, and and I don't ever want the buck fever to ever entirely go away because that's what I live for. But all I'm trying to do is delay it until the arrow's off yeah. and he is, and he's piled up 40 yards away. That's when it can hit me. And I'm not saying that I think that had the whole reason to do with why I missed. No, but you're being... But that's got something to do with it. You're being self-aware to say that I deliberately prepared so that that would not be the case. Yeah. And it got me. He, he, he snuck up on me and I didn't like that. It yeah. pisses me off still thinking about it. Because, like, of course. Like, yeah. Freaking, that's why I got up and went out and sat in the rain. And I'm sitting here wondering, like, wow, I can't believe it's here. Like, of course. <laughs> of course he's there. That's why I stood in the rain. Because that's why, you know. That's yeah. why your wife looks at you cross-eyed. Yeah. But. Okay. We went long on this one. I think it's all good information, though. Like, people yeah. can take this and they can they can use it for themselves, I think. And it helps us to, you know pick apart these 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 encounters that we have with these deer that we only get to do you know once a year a couple months of the year so i think too it's really easy to be ashamed of your mistakes and not want to share them but like freaking own them freaking own them extreme ownership own your mistakes because if you don't talk about them and own them they're going to keep happening that's where growth is i mean i'm I'm in the business of making mistakes. I just want them to be new mistakes so I learn new lessons, you know? Yeah. So we we by no means have all the answers, um, and I want to make that very clear. Like, we're not – we don't do this podcast to share with all of you our wisdom. We have no wisdom. <laughs> we're young, 
and we're on a growth trajectory. We're becoming we're becoming, you know, better hunters and better outdoorsmen every year. And we're sharing our mistakes to help other people avoid the same mistakes, but also to document for ourselves our own mindset so that we can grow and not make the same mistake next year. Beautiful. All right, guys. I think we're wrapping this up. Um, please, please pay attention to the YouTube channel because we got some really good videos that are going to be hitting here pretty quick. Coming. And... I think that you're going to understand the mag pro a lot better once you see some of them because it really, I mean, it's, they look like pretty decent films, but we're filming these with our cell phones. Yeah. So you're going to like that. YouTube paints at air outdoors. You guys know how to get a hold of us. Have a great week. And we're going to talk to you on the next one. Merry Christmas. See ya.